Welcome to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show podcast. It's open mic night for sketch. We cold read comedy sketches, then discuss how they were written. Here to host the show, I'm Harrison. And I'm Amy. With us in the writer's room, I'm Keely Anastasia. I'm Keith Estrella. I'm Tyler Chick. In this week's episode, we go on a gosh darn lovely date. Then, in this office, we like to have fun around here. Finally, some insatiable nobads gone too far. Then, join Keely and I on the Rift Plane. And stick around to the very end for a fun writing prompt to inspire your own work. With us on the podcast today, Katrina Kelly, she, her. Maria Tate. She, her. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. You ready to goof? Oh, yes. Maria yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. goes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, I have a question. I have a quick question. Yeah. What, Can you what raise your was... Hand, please? <laughs> oh, uh, yes. Tyler? Thank you. Um, what was Rumpelstiltskin? Oh, oh wow. Wait. Oh, was I have a whole story a magical about little man or an elf or I think uh, a Harrison can explain. Yeah. Okay, I Harrison. Th- I think I think he was a little man with magical powers. Hmm. I and I looked into this a few years ago because uh-oh. Summers Compton told me that she thought I was like Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and then didn't, in what way? And then yeah. didn't give any context. So. He's an imp. What's an imp? He's an imp. Says the internet. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Putting aside imp. the fact that she thought you were, she called you Rumpelstiltskin, um, she <laughs> is wild to me. Uh, uh, were you there at my roast? <laughs> I was. What, did, oh, was wow. that what? Was that when that happened? No. Okay. All right. I guess that that would have been that would have been mild compared. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, But no, uh, I think an imp is the most apt term for Rumpelstiltskin because I read the uh, I read the Brothers Grimm version of the story. Is there Mm. any other kind? I don't know. There shouldn't Um, be another version. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Mm. Uh, But uh, when his name is said by the princess, he is torn asunder in half. Uh, and then his what? body is pulled into the depths of the underworld. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so all you parents out there telling some other version of Rumpelstiltskin to your kids, don't. That's heavy shit. If your it's version true. doesn't say asunder, throw it out. <laughs> no asunder, that's a blunder. That's what we say about Rumpelstiltskin around. Yes. It's also not too early to get into this first sketch. What do you think, guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, our first sketch tonight is titled Tap, written by Harrison Merck. Stage directions will be read by Amy D. Ren will be played by Tyler Chick. Travis will be played by Harrison Merck. And Duke will be played by TV. Interior restaurant night. Bryn, they, them, and Travis, he, him, sit at a table. So I say, I thought I could just call any gun a Theragun now. They laugh and hold hands. Duke, he, him, enters. Gonna get you all started with anything to drink? Oh, uh, we haven't really looked yet. Sorry. Definitely some water, though. Okay, great. Uh, Still or sparkling? Uh, Tap is fine. What? I think he means still water. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Oh, no, I, I meant tap. That's that's all I deserve. Duke leaves fast. Oh, the scallops here look amazing in the pictures on Google. Oh, yeah, they did look good. 
Do you want to start with an order of those? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. No, I couldn't. <laughs> what? Why? Bryn, I said I didn't deserve bottled water. You think I think I deserve scallops that look good in pictures uploaded by customers? Travis, you deserve... Duke comes back with the waters and puts them down hot. <laughs> Two tap waters. Call me a dirty faucet man, please. <laughs> what? Travis, no. I heard how you said tap just now. I know what you think. And you're right. I'm a dirty piglet who gulps from the faucet till he's out of breath. I deserve that tone. Do you want dirty faucet man or dirty piglet who gulps? Travis, stop. You deserve bottled water. We're having a date. Travis snaps out of it, looks at Bryn and grabs their hand. Sorry. Travis tucks the napkin into his shirt collar, then throws it. No! No, I can't. I don't deserve this date anymore. Oh, boy. You thought you deserved it before, but now you don't think so? Yeah, before I thought that I deserved to go on a date with you, but that I didn't deserve bottled water. But then I was so bad at communicating that I felt that way that you somehow still thought that I felt like I deserved well-photographed scallops. So now I deserve even less because I communicated badly. <laughs> to make it worse, I was brought the tap water after communicating so poorly and no one even chastised me. So yeah, I'd say things are pretty fucking out of whack for me right now and there's no gosh darn way I deserve this lovely date anymore. Travis, you really should have taken that nap before we came out. Sleep is for winners. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing we're not ready for food orders. Don't wait on me! <laughs> Travis gets up, takes off his shirt, and gives it to Duke. Give me your dirty work apron! <laughs> Travis puts on the apron, Duke puts on the shirt. Now you're on the date and I'm serving you. Okay, this is better. What can I get you? Hey, I'm Duke. Nice to meet you. Are you cool with this? Oh, yeah. He doesn't deserve me. Thank you. I'll have the oysters to start and... Put the tap water I ordered in your mouth and spit it on. No. You're right. I put too much of the burden of my punishment on you. Okay. Start with the oysters. Anything else I can get you? Wow. Good job reading back the order for clarity. <laughs> Travis stops. He looks at Duke for a long time. He starts to cry. I don't deserve compliments! <laughs> Travis dumps the tap water on his head. I was hanging out with some friends like a few weeks ago and uh, I took water out of the tap. And somebody was like, what? <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I'm a dirty faucet man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's so that's how this was born. <laughs> Uh, because I, it is, it is kind of embarrassing to be, I ultimately, I was like, why did I think that I didn't deserve to like open up this person's fridge, take out their Brita and dump some of the water from the Brita into my cup? Why did I think that I'm not worth that? 
<laughs> because I, you know, I don't. <laughs> but I also think you don't want to ask them, like, is your tap water okay to drink? Because that's kind of judgy, too. Right. Like, and I certainly yeah. don't deserve a single-use plastic. <laughs> I think you did it because you wanted to be able to say, I'm a dirty faucet man. <laughs> yeah. 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 You had that in the barrel. Yeah. I did not have it in the barrel. <laughs> right through How you. dare you, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> the uh the anxiety it, it must have to wonder if you're allowed to get a drink in general and then to have the whole thought process of i can have a drink but i can't yeah. touch their fridge i just that's a spiral down of yeah just just get a water at that point i mean Maria, don't drink the at first that person point. to really come on here and point out how fucking sick i oh, must be <laughs> It's because I see it. I understand yeah, it. Yeah, no, I it's appreciate it. No, I mean, fully agreed also. <laughs> I bring my own water. This makes it so much easier that way. Yeah, so I think about halfway through the sketch, I ended up getting to a place where I was like, I have to destroy the base reality and switch the date and like have them switch places. Um, which like does end... Then I, I feel weird about this, like this last resting move I have of like, okay, so we'll start with the oysters. Uh, Cause it is like an attempt to go back to like that tra- that service interaction. But uh, yeah. So the only thing I, I was like, really like wondering about with this sketch was like, does that like shift feel weird? And do we kill the base reality too early? I think the only thing I was questioning um, is where Bryn says, Oh, he doesn't deserve me. I feel yeah. like maybe if Bryn said something more along this of like, this happens every time he'll get through it and we're going to go home and have a lovely snuggle or something, something to keep that like, maybe this happens all the time or something else, but I don't know. Yeah. I either need Bryn to be like way harder on the voice of reason or to also be kind of crazy because okay. the glimpse I get of Bryn also being kind of uh, interesting is we're having a date. yeah (laughs) that's so funny to say it like that so if Bryn's whole shtick is just like I'm trying we're trying to have a date right now and like keep bringing that up as the justification for why um why Travis needs to like chill out then that's one one way to go or the other would just be I think Bryn going like way harder on like this is embarrassing like you're freaking out like I care about you I was trying to have a nice time you need to chill and then um I think the he doesn't deserve me line would play out differently of um like give me a switch yeah, that could be the moment of switching. Right. I just like the logic of Travis's <laughs> leaps of what is deserved, <laughs> like from tap water to they look good in a picture, so that I don't even deserve something that looks good, <laughs> like like not even quality wise. Maybe Duke could be hot underneath the dirty apron. <laughs> Sexy hidden body, of course. <laughs> yeah. I deserve to have my tip split with the hostess. (laughs) (laughs) I hope management treats this tip as if it was an event night. (laughs) (laughs) You think I think I deserve scallops that look good in pictures uploaded by customers? 
Our second sketch today is titled Interview, written by Keithy. Roberta will be played by Katrina Kelly. Emily will be played by Maria Tate. Jones will be played by Amy D. And Velasquez will be played by Julian Anastasia. Interior conference room day. Emily and Roberta are having an interview. They're laughing with each other. Two whoopee <laughs> cushions. Yeah, we have fun around here. <laughs> oh, I love a good office prank. I think I'm going to like this place. It beat as Emily realizes what she said. Um, pending your consideration, that is. <laughs> oh, I don't think you'll have anything to worry about. <laughs> Emily relaxes a little. Tell you what. I'll guarantee you're hiring right now if you agree to help me with a few pranks I've wanted to employ. Um, yeah, sure. Roberta opens a briefcase and turns it around. It's a bunch of pink slips. She hands one to Emily. You're going to hand these pink slips out to everyone on this floor. It'll be hilarious. I'm sorry, you, you want me to pretend like I'm firing people? That sounds more cruel than funny. Oh, no way. I've done this kind of stuff tons of times before. They'll get it. Jones enters, nursing a cup of coffee. Roberta ducks behind the table, out of sight. Hey, Roberta, I need that other whoopee cushion back, and... Emily looks to where Roberta was sitting, confused, then back at Jones, who looks at the briefcase, then Emily, then Emily's hand. His face turns ashen. This is it. The beginning of the end. God forgive us for what we've done. (laughs) Jones drops his coffee mug and runs out of the room. Roberta peeks out from behind the table. Yeah, great prank. Roberta, why did he wax apocalyptic and run out of the room like he was expecting to be like he was expecting to be fired? Uh, that's just Jones. Real flair for the melodrama. Prob's upset that I hid one of his whoopee cushions. <laughs> Funny pranks. Okay. Also, why did you hide behind the table when he came in? He would have known it was all a gag if he saw me. Come on, Emily. We have fun around here. <laughs> Emily chuckles nervously. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I do enjoy a lighthearted work environment. Me too, dog. I like playing tricks on my coworkers. <laughs> Roberta clears her throat suspiciously. Emily's eyes narrow at her as Velasquez enters, wild-eyed. Roberta takes cover. Roberta! Where is she? She uh, went went to the bathroom. Velasquez growls and exits. Roberta pops back up. Whoa, you totally dunked on Velasquez, telling him I was in the bathroom when I'm not. Solid prank. Roberta, I I told him you were in the bathroom because I want to know what's really going on here. These plink slips are real. You're trying to shirk off the responsibility for the layoffs for all of these people, aren't you? Roberta hangs her head, still crouched behind the desk. There's no open position. You set up this interview to try and get me to pass these out. Look, Roberta, they already know you're going to lay them off. Getting someone else to pass out pink slips won't solve anything. You may as well face the music. (laughs) Roberta heaves a heavy sigh and stands up, straightening her boss. You know what, Emily? You're right. I set all this up because I didn't want to be the person who has to break bad news to their employees. Sometimes a prank can go too far. And this situation is no different. I'm going to own this. <laughs> Jones and Velasquez barge in, wheeling pistols aimed at Roberta. Emily and Roberta both raise their hands in terror. 
Roberta, you weren't in the bathroom after all. You ratted us out to the CEO about your insider about our insider trading scheme, and now you're gonna pay. I just want my whoopee cushion back. Well, what? Wait, you're right. I did rat you out. I did it to save my own skin. I knew he'd find out eventually. Let me talk to him again, smooth things over, and I'll get him to save at least both of your jobs. Deal? Velasquez and Jones look at each other and lower their weapons. Roberto lets out a sigh of relief. Jones, I've got your whoopee cushion right here. She reaches into the briefcase of pink slips and pulls out her newsie. Jones and Velasquez hold up their pistols. Emily dives for cover. Everyone fires, spraying the entire room with colored water. What? Roberto, Jones, and Velasquez break out in raucous laughter. <laughs> Frank, bro, we have fun around here. Hey. Velasquez does finger guns at Emily. Jones blows a raspberry. Emily stands up, pissed. I'm the CEO. You're hired. Emily slumps into a vacant chair. A whoopee cushion goes off. Emily screams. What? The other three go, ah, as we Yeah, last week on the Rift Plane, I brought a similar idea to this. Um, I kind of, uh, it's kind of like what I remembered from that. And uh, I wrote this. Super visually interesting, super fun. Uh, yeah, I think that like you have a really clear reality and you do a super good job of sort of setting down like, here's what we're doing. Here's who we are. Even the way you're sort of like setting up the intention of the sketch at the top, like with tell you what, I'll guarantee you're hiring right now. If, you know, you sort of like set those power dynamics in motion really quickly. One thing I'd say is that I think your justification of... I think we have like a hard time getting footing right on whether or not Mm -hmm. like this prank is real, like at the top, right? This prank is real. And we're really in an environment where pranking people over the fact that they are fired is a common occurrence and could be seen as a prank. Or if there are some other intentions behind that. And I think what's, what's sticky about that is that in reality, pretending somebody's fired is not a prank. Just some clarity on whether or not like this is a world where that's true or like there are other intentions behind it, like at the top would help. Because for me, like, you know, that thing where we're saying like, oh, an unusual thing is like an alert of something new in our environment. Right. And a justification like quells us into understanding that there's no danger, just a misunderstanding. Yeah. I think this leaves us in the lurch of like there might be danger like too long. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that, the only thing I'd say is, like, I think either way is fine. I would just love to know if it's, like, as an audience member, one or the other. And it, I think it's fine to, like, uh, leave Emily in that lurch, right? Have that, like, irony for the character. But leave her behind, but the audience uh, yeah. must be. I was wondering if it might help if there was some, some other... Um, prank between the whoopee cushions and the pink slips, maybe something as a buffer that is kind of a prank, not quite that like high up as pink slips. Um, but I was also thinking too, um, if we could have what this job is, maybe lay that out at the beginning. Cause I was thinking if the job was something very stressful, this is a stressful work environment. We need to relax and have fun. Maybe like there are a bunch of security guards or something. And then that would leave room for the guns coming out at the end that would make a little more sense 
or, or, you know, like there's guns at the end that could be serious, but they're not. But it would make sense that there are would be guns if they're all security guards. I don't know. Those are just thoughts that were running through my head as as this trickled along. Uh, you have a moment here where Roberta flips it, and you sort of get like two beats out of it. You get like, you know what, Emily, you're right. Uh, and then Roberta like learns verbally. Uh, and then later on, uh, we get sort of a similar beat with like, wait, you're right. Uh, I would like hold that change till the wait, you're right. Right. Cause that's like the most dramatic place to do it. Cool. So you're saying like, uh, don't have her flip until like the very end. Yeah. And I think like, uh, there's, I think there's a big difference between having like a comedy character flip and a comedy character learn. And I think the more you can disconnect it from her, like disconnecting herself from her earlier point of view and more of like a flip. You know, I think it's the difference between like sticking and bouncing to a beat. I, I'd say like, don't let her learn, but absolutely let her flip. I like that Roberta had almost like a magical quality, like ducking behind things, disappearing and popping up again. Like yeah. you could maybe, you can maybe lean into that a little bit, just like coming out of nowhere for little surprise moments okay. yeah i think yeah. i feel like the keith okay. comedy version of that is like she turns into a, like a chaos spirit at the end of the lamp. yeah she's totally a, uh an afrit or I am not Roberta. <laughs> <laughs> I am Camnadral, the chaos spirit. Wow. <laughs> 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 building disappears yeah. and it's just like Emily <laughs> yeah. and like a like a little like lantern. <laughs> it was all an illusion. You think the prank was over, but you are eternally trapped in a realm of prank. <laughs> 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 You'll satisfy my need for pranks for all eternity. <laughs> well, I do enjoy a lighthearted work environment. Alrighty, our final sketch today is titled Role Play, written by Tyler Chick. Ben will be played by Harrison Merck. Carrie will be played by Julie Anastasia. Judge Harold will be played by Maria Tate. And Lacey will be played by Katrina Kelly. Interior Courthouse Day. A few folks gather for a small wedding in front of Judge Harold, 50s, a justice of the peace. Carrie, 30s, wears a simple white dress and animal print tights and a flower crown. Ben, 30s, has a fake black mustache that clashes with his hair and a suit with no shirt. Ben and Carrie hold hands and gaze at each other. Kenzie, when we met a year ago in the Jackson County Applebee's, I knew without a doubt you were my Mississippi queen. <laughs> I wouldn't want to trap any other lover on this broken down, beat up old highway we call life. You're the rum in my coke. You're the salsa in my jambalaya. You're the sausage in my jambalaya, girl. <laughs> Which is what I ordered at Applebee's. I love you. Everything I do is for you, Mackenzie. Mm, give me that sweet, sweet love. Harold peers through his bifocals at the paperwork in confusion. Ricardo, when I had a dream about us driving a Pontiac Firebird to Burning Man, you bought us a Pontiac Firebird. <laughs> We didn't go to Burning Man because we got second-degree sunburns from sleeping naked on the hood of the Pontiac Firebird outside of Vegas. 
But in this precious heart of mine, we made it and we triple kissed a hippie like we always said we would. In a world full of buttheads, you're calling for <laughs> I love you, Ricardo. You're my man for life. Oh, oh, I see what's happening now. I'm about to marry a stone cold fox. Damn right I am. Marry us, your honor. Marry us good and hard. <laughs> this is a role play, right? This paperwork says your names are Carrie and Benjamin Long and that you're already married. It feels like you're doing a role play with different names and maybe putting on voices. No. What? What is this travesty of justice? Our names are Ricardo and Mackenzie. She's the rum in my Coke. We got rights, Judge. You got to marry us like everybody else. A guest, Lacey, stands up. Hi, Your Honor. I'm the bride's sister. You mean we're like sisters? <laughs> no, we are. Look, Judge, this might not be worth it. They don't listen to reason anymore. Can you just do the ceremony? <laughs> do it, you choir robe coward. The state has very clear rules about acquiring a marriage license. And it looks like they just printed this one at home with fake names. Even if I did the ceremony... This is not a legal marriage. I uh, know. We all know. I filled out the forms with their real information. To be honest, this is all just damage control. It's like when someone has dementia and you're like, that's right, Grandma. We're on the trolley. They've turned our lives into a living nightmare. <laughs> Can we start over? I actually have more vows I forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> She slumps down, defeated. Okay, let me be clear. There will be no wedding today. Oh, like for anybody? For the Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin looking deviants who came to waste my time getting fake married today? Fuck, but she's the rum in my coke. Ricardo, if I'm not married to you in two seconds, I'm going to fucking lose it. You saucy little Clementine, I'm going to rail you under the sound booth at the Newport Folk Festival. They make out hard. (laughs) All right, I've had enough. You two need to stop whatever this is and get out of here. Okay. You slow down now, big hoss. Let's say your crazy bullshit is true. What then? You're saying a regular guy can't mix it up in bed with his wife? What? Oh, so a perfectly healthy husband shouldn't want to satisfy his wife sexually, even though he was already a thoughtful and generous lover by all accounts and enjoyed giving oral, except one time four years ago, his wife said she had a pagan fantasy and he said he wasn't saying no, but he felt pretty nervous about it and she thought (laughs) he was judging her fantasy, but he wasn't. It just wasn't something he had thought about before and then it didn't come up again. But they both felt like something was different and they got scared to communicate and sex just became kind of a routine and didn't feel all that satisfying, even with all the oral. He would tongue my clit till I came like a rocket ship. Hypothetically. 
And one of the kids wasn't in school yet, and the husband and wife were stressed about the cost of daycare, but they still tried to have a date night once in a while. A husband can't do that. A husband can't do that. A husband can't have a date night and say, hey, you know what? Could be sexy. What if we pretend we was different people tonight? And it turned out to be so goddamn fucking hot. That they fucked all night and in the morning they didn't want it to end because it felt so much better to be insatiable nomads than parents. You gotta be fucking kidding me, Your Honor. You're saying a normal, healthy, married woman can't live her life in such a way that she's basically good to go like all the time. Who are you to tell a consenting adult what she can and cannot do with a pussy so well that she once saw a doctor about it and it turns out it wasn't a health issue. It was just constant, unrelenting arousal. If what you're saying is true, which it is not. I fucking love you, Mackenzie. I love you, Ricardo. They make out again. Judge Harold is exhausted. He looks at the few attendees. Hold on. Are those your kids? It's revealed that two children have been there the whole time, quietly reading next to Lacey. They're banning Perry's kids. Are you fucking dead? <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I believe this came from the episode Proud and Humble, which was an all riff episode where we gave a seance to bring the riff conductor back to life as a riff captain. It's clear canon. You all know about it. So I don't even have to explain it. Sketches, you all know this lore. Sketches, yeah, I'm sure you get the reference because uh, you all have an encyclopedic knowledge of everything we do here. So this was, <laughs> so this was one of the riffs and it was uh, just what if, uh, what if a couple role played that they were different people, but then it went too far. And we ended up riffing to the point where they were like, already married to each other, but they were getting married again. So I was like, I'm just going to set it at the wedding then because uh, I want to see I want to see this go down in real time. And I was really struggling with like how to structure it, like when I should make it clear what was happening. Uh, but I decided to do it as early as possible. Uh, well, not as early as possible, but like right after the vows uh, started because I wanted it. I wanted to give it context. Uh, to me, it felt more satisfying knowing uh, right up top. And then I would just like try to find little patterns as I went along, like like the rum and coke line was just once. And then I was like, I'm going to do three rum and cokes. <laughs> She's the rum and my coke. Uh, I just think it's really fun to say, too. I You did such a good job with those voices. I mean, seriously, the voices of everybody are great, but specifically, you know, Ben and Carrie. I could listen to these two characters talk all day. Uh, just like truly great Same. voices. Uh, oh, thank you. For for my money, because of that, I would love to see them stretch out this thing where it's just them getting married, where it's just these two people getting married. And then maybe see like some examples of... Because uh, you have this great stuff here, right? Like, I, I guess maybe what I'm saying is like, and I don't know if this is like 
true or not, but I'd love to see a version where it's like, one reason I want to marry you for sure, Carrie, is that uh, I know that we wouldn't never turn into them people who's got a kid and then they don't communicate about sex for years. You know, like mm. if it's like coming out mm. in their vows that they're like, like if the role play becomes so obvious in the vows that it's like that when Judge Harold's like, wait a fucking second. <laughs> uh, like the audience is already like, is sort of like, wait, good thing somebody's saying something. <laughs> uh, I feel like that could get us, I don't know, like I would watch these two yeah. just do vows for a long time. So <laughs> I think you have a lot of leeway there. <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of that. No, that makes sense. I think a lot of that comes from like, your specifics were so fucking good. I mean, just like, I, that's one of the reasons why I could just listen to these people talk all day is because it's just, it, it's not just random bullet, triple kiss a hippie. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like there you what had some you, you had some shit in here that like really floored me and that's why I could really like listen to these all day. So like just killer dialogue. In addition to what you're saying, I think there's something about them yelling at the judge that felt a little bit um not realistic to me. Obviously the whole thing is silly, but uh I so I feel like that antagonizing with the judge maybe if you just change it so that they're just going to each other back and forth and keep that going in different ways, I think that might be a little bit easier. But also if you do keep that with the judge, I think the judge needs to either yell like get out of my courtroom or get out of my chambers because I forgot where they were for a minute and I was yeah. like, wait, where are they exactly? So that's all. I think if you want to like replace some of the stuff that have it, because I like you need ways to get into that next move, right? To like ramp up their energy to like get to say more vows. And I think if there was like a way where they're saying their vows and they're getting so close and they want to like make out and the and, and the ju judges be like, not yet. <laughs> and they have to like stop and then they keep getting too heated and close to each other and they have to be pulled apart. Like, um, I love that Harrison's suggestion of um, kind of revealing the justifications more in the context of the vows. And I also like <laughs> the judge just kind of like being just like, I don't know, kind of like an old crusty judge who's just kind of resolved to be like not getting mad about this and just kind of like being like, we hear his commentary of like figuring out what's going on without actually necessarily interacting with them. Like he's like, like they're just going on and on and, telling we're finding out why they're doing what they're doing. And then he, he, it doesn't even have to be as early as I think, um, when you revealed it, but like him just being, like, Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Role play. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 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 I'm <laughs> yeah. just kind of being like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just like resolving to be like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right. Let me be clear. Just cause this is role play. Doesn't mean y'all can break the no touching each other rule. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all play this out. So I don't yeah. have to go back to my office and do all of that paperwork. But, <laughs> but I go to Chili's every Friday for lunch and it's two 30 happy hours about to end. Uh. <laughs> and then I think he could even like leave and they could just still be going, Continue. you know, and then maybe the lights are getting turned off and then like the kids come up and go, mommy, daddy, can we go home now? And then they drop the accents and they're like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can we start over? I actually have more vows I forgot about. Hey, what's that sound? 
Oh wait, it's a plane. <laughs> Did you just say? Oh, wait, wait, wait. oh yeah. the train just went by the airport. Anyway. Good one. Hey, anyway, who's hopping on the plane today? I have a ticket. I have a ticket. That's Jamie. Hey, good to see you. You did, too. Did, it, did you want some peanuts or no? Um, no. No, I'm good. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay, so I here's my idea. It's an no, awkward dinner party with no just peanuts. a bunch of friends. And she doesn't um, want peanuts. The host can tell that maybe people aren't really enjoying the food. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, it's not like I'm making you eat a turd. And they say it maybe like kind of casually at first, but then that just gets louder. I'm not making you eat a turd. And I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what happens or how that goes. I just... <laughs> I love this. I would yeah. blow this up from it's not like I'm making you eat a turd. Yeah, that's where I want to start. Like, just like if it's a sly thing, like, oh, yeah, it's so great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Camille, Camilla. It's not like I'm making you eat a turd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you just say it's like not not like eating a turd? Yeah, it's not like I it's not like I'm Albert fishing you. <laughs> I, I threw you a party. I'm not Albert Fish, the serial killer who made people eat turds and salads. Eat their turds when, when he killed them. It's not like that. <laughs> How about we play pin the tail on the donkey and we stop talking about the food? It's not like I'm not like I'm putting you in radioactive isotope and letting you experience a lot of radiation poisoning. <laughs> it's not like I'm Balthazar MacPherson who would bathe his victims in radioactive acid when he killed them. Please say that's a real killer. Was it? It was a real killer or was it an amalgamation of the two riff ideas that came before it? <laughs> it was not. Both things are good. And it's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's not like you're riffing turds, Keith. <laughs> We're just. Gonna... I do feel like you could like rest the food thing and then get it back to like another party thing, or you could just deep dive on this like idea and have people at the party be like, actually, it kind of tastes like you are trying to feed us turds. <laughs> We weren't going to say anything, but you brought it up and that feels like really specific. <laughs> it tasted so much like turds that as soon as you said it, we thought, is this actually turds? Right. Came there. Yeah. One and it's actually a pretty huge coincidence that the thing it tasted like most, the thing you said it definitely wasn't. <laughs> this isn't Chernobyl. Yeah. I was trying to think of a radioactive example. <laughs> it's not like I invited you to Chernobyl. This is my house. I invited you to a home that has air conditioning. <laughs> I did invite you to a no man's land that has been vacated by human populations for decades <laughs> due to radioactive fallout. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Actually, my hair is falling out. So is is there radiation here? <laughs> That's a you problem. That's from the shitty shampoo. We talked about that. <laughs> you are the one who bought the two in one. This is regular food. No turds. <laughs> if you eat the shrimp appetizer, it has plenty of iodine, which will protect your thyroid. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, so you put iodine in the shrimp appetizer? <laughs> I didn't say that. No, not like I'm making you deterred. Who's next? Uh, hi. Hi, I'd like to board the plane. Oh, you would like to board... Okay. Would you like some peanuts? I I wouldn't, but thank you for <laughs> the offer. Um, you don't want peanuts? Yeah, I'm, I'm allergic. They're honey It's like a risky, risky uh, snack to give out oh, on you're a allergic. plane. You can give it to someone else who's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's an airborne allergy. <laughs> They're not open yet. <laughs> You just want to give them to people. To hold. Hey, all right, just let's let's just all right. What do you got? Um, Let me scan your QR or whatever. Yeah, my my uh, boarding pass says um, someone who who is going to like extreme lengths to be invited on a ski trip, but they don't know how to ski. They just want to live an opera ski lifestyle. Are they lying about the fact that they can ski? Yeah, or, that's what I'm thinking. I feel like I need like, like heightening moves of like how crazy can this person get, or maybe they're already they're already there, they're already on the mountain. Yeah, but they really just want to sit in a lodge and like sit by the fire. For my and, money, this takes place like at the top of a ski slope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I I want to do it. I can go down there. I'll shred the powder, but you know I'm just. I'm just feeling like I want to go back. To the <laughs> Wait, are you lying? Oh my god, is that a Saint Bernard? Saint Bernard dog? <laughs> Look at his little barrel. I would love to go down, but I just. Well, how often do you get a Saint Bernard dog with a barrel? I gotta check out this Saint Bernard dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad I gotta go over here because I'd love to go shred the mountain. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. I ordered a hot chocolate, and if I don't go back, it's going to get cold <laughs> before I can drink it. Oh, that makes sense. Probably the fastest way down the mountain is just skiing down, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, probably. I'm just going to slide down like a penguin on my belly. Penguin. Maybe they're on the ski lift. Oh, rift lift. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I uh, said I was going to drink the hot chocolate before I ski, so I can't yeah. ski to get the hot chocolate. I have to take the lift back so that the first time that I ski is with hot chocolate in my belly. I haven't earned the ski without the hot chocolate. I don't deserve this. <laughs> I want to go down the mountain. I just started the cigar. I got to take it down. I just, I, I, had, I didn't finish peeing when I... <laughs> when I was in the bathroom, I didn't finish oh, peeing. <laughs> this isn't because I'm really attracted to this ski cabin lifestyle. I promise. <laughs> this is because I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> they pee their pants like at the top, like on purpose, just to. Yeah. I well, uh, uh, well, I had an accident. I guess I can't go. <laughs> Oh, no, not again. 
Looks like I gotta go back to the cabin and get changed into my big sweater. I am pie trained. It's just that I'm an alcoholic. I am am pie trained. (laughs) So don't think that I'm not. Wait, how old are you? 36? (laughs) (laughs) Don't think that I'm not. Don't think that I'm not (laughs) pie And this isn't because I don't want to ski. <laughs> yeah, or am incapable of skiing because I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> I got pizza, French fry locked down. <laughs> In fact, I would never even pizza anymore. I'm better. <laughs> I'm a French I've, fry guy. <laughs> I've moved on. <laughs> Mm, French fries. I'm going down. I think that's a good riff. Uh, Hey, Captain, can you get us over to assignment assignment port? Assignment port. One way. Whoosh. All right, sketchies. The assignment this week is talking landmass. Why does kids you know did a sketch where like national monuments would talk to each other? Uh, one of the best characters in all of Adventure Time is a crying mountain. Uh, think about how the ocean would feel. Think about how you know a valley would talk to the clouds. I don't know. <laughs> Some of us like to write I sketches like that. that are really grounded in reality. Other people like to write stuff that might be animated. So try your hand at talking landmass. Can you get us over to Plugport, Captain? Plugport, one way. Uh, If you're in Central PA, check out the Harrisburg Improv Theater. Why don't you? A lot of us perform there. Uh, If you're not here, that's okay. You, we want your... Love and support, too. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to plug USC Comedy Live real quick. Uh, You can find us on Facebook or any other social media. It's an all-student-produced, crew, directed, written, and acted uh, hour-long live episode of sketch comedy that my students do. So check it out. Uh, primarily on Facebook. All right, everybody, that's all for us. Thank you to all the participants and to the Jeff Powers for the music you've heard. And also a big thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to support the show or check out more that we have to offer, head on over to SketchySketchSketch.com. While you're there, hit the support tab and check out our Patreon. It's the only way to be the ultimate sketchy. Get some exclusive merch and exclusive content. And if you're like, hey... I like what you did with those sketches today. I'd like to give you some of my work and hear those notes too. Send us your sketch at sketchysketchpod at gmail.com or use the form on our website. And feel free to reach out to us. If one of the sketches you've heard really impacts you or you just want to give some love to the writer, tell them what you loved about their sketch, hit us up on our website where there's a place to do that. As always, if you like what you heard today, please tell your friends, check us out on socials, check out our classes, subscribe, give us five stars on whatever you're listening on. Well, that's all for us, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Oh, my God. Have a wonderful oh day. Oh, my God. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. We just want you to have a wonderful day. It. It's not just every day it. you get to go skiing, so enjoy. Yeah, or just some cocoa in the lodge, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Okay, bye. Thank you very much.